There is uh, a little bit more than one chapter left in our study in the parting word, which has been a study in Jesus' final words before he enters essentially the scene of his trial, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. We are in the final hours of Jesus' life and the final days of his time on earth. And what we've seen thus far in this study, the parting word, is Jesus' message for his disciples, and by extension for us, as he's preparing them for his departure. See, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the time in which he will return to the Father and be in heaven. Well, that time is still happening. Jesus is still in heaven with the Father. And so much of what he needs to remind the disciples of and encourage the disciples of, we need reminded and encouraged of. And so we find ourselves in this, this passage in Scripture called the Upper Room Discourse, Jesus' conversation with his disciples. We find this being both applicable and helpful for us as we live while Jesus is not on earth. Rather, he sent his Spirit. He sent his Spirit to help us, to enable us to live godly lives as we await his return. Well, as we open this text tonight... We're going to specifically see a passage that Jesus meant especially for his disciples. As we look at this passage tonight, we're going to see Jesus preparing his disciples for his death. He's going to prepare his disciples for the fact that he's about to be crucified by evil men. That he's going to be hung on a cross, that he's going to die, and that he's going to be buried in the grave. That is going to be a terrifying experience for the disciples. The man that they have devoted their life to for the past three years, the man that they have followed and learned from, that they have declared as master, as Lord, and as God, that man is going to be taken from their presence and he's going to be buried. And the intensity of this scene for the disciples is something that they need to be prepared for. So Jesus tells them in preparing him for those moments, what we're going to read tonight in John chapter 16, verses 16 through 22. You guys can follow along as I read that now. Jesus says this in preparing his disciples for his death. A little while and you will no longer see me. And then again a little while and you will see. Some of his disciples then said to one another, what is this thing he is telling us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I go to the Father? So they were saying, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wished to question him. And he said to them, are you deliberating together about this, that I said a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come, but when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been brought into the world. Therefore, you too will have grief now, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. 
In these few words, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the moments that are coming. Now, ultimately, as we've been reading through this upper room discourse, Jesus has been preparing his disciples for life when he is in heaven. When the Holy Spirit comes and Jesus is no longer on earth, he's preparing them for how to endure those years. However, also in Jesus' mind, as he's been communicating all of this, there's, there's essentially a unity in Jesus' mind that the whole scene that's going to play out in the end of the Gospel of John is, is kind of one thought in Jesus' mind. That, that this is the time in which he is buried, he is resurrected, and once that is complete, he can return to the Father. And th this is like the culminating moments, the culminating hours, the culminating days in which Jesus is completing his work on earth and returning to the Father. So in the context of Jesus preparing his disciples for life after he leaves, he's also preparing them for the few days in which he is in the grave. And in these verses tonight, that's what he's preparing his disciples for, for the three days in which he's in the grave. But it's all within this context of the final moments of Jesus' life that they need to be ready for, including his ascension, including his time in heaven. He's preparing them for those days. A, a mark of wisdom is your ability to learn from someone else's experience. So much of the book of Proverbs is Solomon instructing his son in wisdom and much of the content of that is him saying, son, take my word for it. Trust me in what I have gone through. Learn from my experience so that you don't make the same mistakes. Take my word for it so that when I say that, that, that sensual relationships aren't fulfilling, trust me, take my word for it. You don't have to experience it. When I say that accumulating all the possessions in the world and having all the money in the world isn't fulfilling, take my word for it. You don't have to pursue that. Trust me. And wisdom would be Solomon's son learning from his father's experiences. So often the application of wisdom for us is that. Learning from someone else's experiences, the ability to take someone else's word for it. Well, tonight, as Jesus is preparing his disciples for what lies before them, what he's telling them is that they will be able to rejoice in a resurrected Savior. He's, he's preparing them for the fact that he's going to die by saying, I'm going to rise again from the grave, and that will bring you inexpressible joy. He's arming his disciples so that when he dies, they're remembering, no, he's going to rise again. He said we won't see him, but we're going to see him again. And he's telling them, that's going to bring you joy. That's going to give you hope. That is going to give you peace in difficult moments. Jesus is instructing his disciples in how they can rejoice in a risen Savior. And what I would have us know tonight is that we, in, in the wisdom that we just talked about, can learn from the disciples' experience. Just like Jesus is instructing his disciples to rejoice in the fact that he doesn't stay dead, we can rejoice in that fact. 
Now, we are not going to endure his death like his disciples endured his death, but we serve and live for the same risen Savior. And just like Jesus said to, for them to rejoice in that fact, we are to rejoice in a risen Savior. So, as we're titling this sermon tonight, we're going to call this Rejoicing in a Risen Savior. Because that's the application immediately for the disciples, and, and ultimately we're going to find that that's the application for us as well. Rejoicing in a risen Savior. As Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death, this is what he would have them to know. That the day is coming when they could rejoice in not a dead Savior, but a risen Savior. I want you to scroll down for just a moment and see verse 33, because it, it culminates and concludes all that Jesus has said to his disciples. Verse 33 says this, These things I have spoken to you. Why? So that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. All that Jesus is saying in this chapter can be summarized with this goal in mind. That his disciples would be at peace. That they would be at peace. Immediately he's instructing them that the fact that they can be assured that he's going to rise from the grave gives them peace. And what I would suggest to us tonight is that we can rest and have peace in that exact same assurance that the disciples did. That Jesus is a risen Savior. He doesn't stay dead. That he's alive today and that he is at the right hand of the Father. So, Jesus is telling his disciples to remember what he's about to reveal to them. He's saying, remember this, remember this. I'm about to die, but you're not going to see me. I'm going to be in the grave, but you're going to see me again. Remember this, that I'm coming back, that I'm going to rise from the dead. And, and that when I do, you will receive a joy that's unlike any other joy because I will be a risen savior. His disciples would endure this trial firsthand. They would endure the man that they followed dying. I hope that we can learn from their experience. I hope that we can learn from what the disciples endured. And what they learned specifically was just how amazing it is to be able to serve a risen Savior. So tonight, I hope that we can be wise and learn to rejoice in the exact same truth. So as we break this down, what I'd like us to note is three reasons that a risen Savior brings joy. Three reasons that a risen Savior brings joy. This is the information that Jesus arms his disciples with, and I think it's just as encouraging to us. Three reasons that a risen Savior brings joy. Number one, the first reason that a risen Savior brings joy is because of the sting of death. First reason that a risen Savior brings joy is because of the sting of death. Whenever you uh, whenever you lose something, that item becomes especially precious and valuable to you after you found it again. Last week I was uh I was sitting down to work on my computer, and, and I sat down at my desk. I got a little keyboard on my desk that connects to my computer, and I started to type on my keyboard, and my keyboard wasn't working. 
and, and I'm wondering what's going on with my keyboard. It's not typing. This is frustrating. And I look at my computer, and there's a little USB plug in my computer that, that essentially tells the keyboard what it's typing. And so I have to have that USB thing plugged in for my keyboard to work. And uh, the plug was gone. I had no idea where it was. So whenever I lose something, I tear apart everything to find it. You know what I'm talking about? So like I go home, we're tearing apart my bedroom, and we're, we're looking in like every nook and cranny of our house for, for this little tiny USB port because I can't use my keyboard without it. I get to the office and I'm looking everywhere. Well, I don't remember taking it out. Where could it be? Well, uh, last, last week, Mark and I, were, uh, we were unboxing some stuff. And we were, we were unboxing this thing. And we opened this box, tear it open. And in this box, I don't know how it happened. My USB is in this box. And I found, I found it. And I'm like, is that it? And I walk over to my keyboard and I plug it in. And I test my keyboard. And it works. And I sat down in my chair, and I've never appreciated that keyboard before. <laughs> but like, but I was, I loved that keyboard, and I'm still like every morning because it ha- it was gone for like a week. I still sit down and I'm like, ah, oh, the keyboard, because because I lost it, I lost it, and like I didn't know how valuable it was. But but finding it after I lost it made it like precious to me because I, I appreciated how valuable and important it was to me. Well, what, what Jesus communicates first in this passage is essentially that truth about himself. He's saying, you're going to have so much joy, not because I'm here, although that brings joy, but because first you're going to lose me. I, I'm going to die. And it's going to be incredibly hard. You decide, you're going to be scattered. And you're going to question what you believe. These are going to be difficult days in your life. But disciples, I'm coming back. I'm going to rise from the dead. And when I rise, oh, you will have joy like no other. Because you experienced my death. Because the sting of death is so great. He says that my resurrection, when I return, when you see me again, it will mean so much and will bring so much joy. Because Jesus died, the fact that he is now alive brings us joy. We we have joy because of the sting of death. We're really brought up to speed in this passage. Jesus kind of kicks off the whole conversation in verse 16 when he says, A little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And the disciples are confused about that statement. What's he talking about? So they're having this conversation in verse 17. Verse 19 is when Jesus begins to explain it. He's like, are you deliberating together about this? That I said a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And now here he starts to explain it. He starts to really prepare them. Verse 20, look at what he says. He starts to talk about the sting of death. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep. And you will lament. That that you, disciples, are about to experience incredible pain. When when I die, it's going to be hard. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be difficult. You're going to be weeping and lamenting. You're going to be crying. It's going to be hard and sad. Look at verse verse 21 and the terminology that he uses here. He uses the picture of a woman in labor. And it's, look at that. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has what? Pain. Look at the end of the verse. The the anguish. 
So Jesus is describing the emotions of the disciples after his death. This sting of death is weeping and lamenting and pain and anguish. Look at verse 22. He describes it again as just grief. Therefore, you too have grief. Death is difficult. It's hard. And as the disciples have come to know and love Jesus, what they're about to endure is incredibly difficult. But remember that the fact that Jesus endured death adds so much more significance to the fact that he is currently alive. That's what he's telling his disciples. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disappear for a little while. But when I come back, when you see me again, it will bring you so much joy because I endured this sting of death and yet I live with you again. He's telling his disciples, remember that, that this is what I'm going to endure. I'd encourage you to remember that same thing, that Jesus endured the sting of death. God died. Jesus died on the cross. Everything, like, like I think a lot of times we may sugarcoat death for Jesus because, because he was God. Everything human about death, Jesus endured. He died. He completely died in his humanity. Just like you will one day die, Jesus died. He was completely dead. But now he's alive. And the fact that he endured this thing of death brings us joy because he is now alive. So Jesus is telling his disciples that they're going to rejoice in his resurrection. And I would encourage you in the same reminder, rejoice in the fact that Jesus endured this thing of death and yet lives. Rejoice in that fact. That's the encouragement. It's be happy that you serve a living Savior, that you love and follow a risen Savior. He's alive right now. Even though he died, he lives. It's the first reason that a risen Savior brings joy. Jesus communicates a second reason, a second reason that the risen Savior brings joy. And that is because of the defeat of death. The defeat, because of the defeat of death. The fact that death is now defeated in Jesus' resurrection brings us joy. So Jesus not only endured the sting of death, but in his resurrection, he accomplished the defeat of death. Jesus on the cross died to pay the penalty for our sins. After he died, he was buried in the grave a man named Joseph. The tomb was sealed and he spent three days in the tomb. On the third day, Jesus went from dead to alive. He was made alive again by the Spirit of God. The stone that covered the tomb was rolled away 
and he walked out as alive as you and I are today. As alive as he was before he ever died. Why is that event necessary? Why did all that I just described need to happen? In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes that if Jesus isn't resurrected, that everything we believe is in vain. It's all worthless. If Jesus is not alive today, we can all go home. There's no reason to be here because our entire religion and faith is dead. Jesus must be alive because in his resurrecting from the dead, he affirms who he is and he defeats death. In his resurrecting from the dead, he ensures all that he promises to his people, including the fact that we will one day be raised from the dead and live forever with him. If he wasn't raised from the dead, none of that happens. Death is defeated because Jesus rose from the dead. That brings indescribable joy. Like, like that fact is so incredible and so important and so foundational to what we believe that without it, there would be no hope. There would be no joy. There would be no happiness among the Christians. The one they follow is dead. He lost the battle to death. But because he lives, because he lives, we find joy because he has defeated death. Jesus is essentially looking at his disciples and saying in this passage, I'm going to disappear for a little while. You're going to weep. You're going to mourn. But it's going to be worth it. What I am going to endure, all of that is worth the result that I'm accomplishing. You're going to weep. You're going to mourn. But the day is coming when you're going to rejoice. Here's the picture of, of a woman in verse 21 where, where he says she's in labor. She has pain. It's difficult because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Like after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, he, he describes this, this woman in so much pain, but after she gives birth to a child, it's like she's not sitting there thinking about how bad the pain was. She's sitting here thinking about how great the result is. That she now holds her baby. Jesus is saying, after I go through all of this, we're, we're going to look at it and, and the pain will be worth it. The death will be worth it because of the result and that is the defeat of death. The, the Jesus is now alive because he defeated death. The result is worth the pain. You, you guys know this expression, you know this phrase. This is, we talk about studying for a big test, right? And, Lots of homework, lots of things that you need to be prepared for, but it's like, all right, this, this is going to take a lot of effort. But I got to get, I got to get an A on this final. Or some of you are like, you're doing the math and you're like, I got to get a C on this final to hold my B. You know what I'm talking about. You guys just went through finals. 
So you're like, right, I'm going to study up. I'm going to study up. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be painful, but I got to do it because the result's going to be worth it. I don't want to go through. I don't want to go through sophomore year again. That was awful. So I want to. I want to move on. I'm going to study because the result is worth it. Right? This is this is sports and athletics where where it's like, yeah, this is this is practice is a bummer sometimes. Like running is hard and and like it's just it gets old and. Practice is rough, but it's like, no, like the, the sweetness of victory and winning and succeeding is like, that was all worth it. And if your team does well and you're winning games, you're not thinking, man, but practice was awful. It's like, yes, we accomplished it. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, you're going to go through pain, you're going to mourn, but it's going to be worth it because of what all of this accomplishes. This is going to accomplish the ultimate goal of the defeat of death, and it's going to be worth it. So just like he's instructing his disciples on how to be prepared for what's going to come, I would encourage you to rejoice in the fact that Jesus defeated death and now lives. He defeated death and now he lives. So rejoice in the fact that Jesus endured the sting of death and yet lives and rejoice in the fact that Jesus defeated death and now lives. These are reasons that a risen Savior brings joy. Because of the sting of death. Because of the defeat of death. And the third reason tonight that I want to look at is because of his, Jesus, eternal life. Because of his eternal life is number three. <clears throat> These three points are essentially summarized in verse 22. The first point, Jesus says, therefore you too have grief now, that's the sting of death. But I will see you again, there is the defeat of death in his resurrection. And your heart will rejoice in that defeat of death. And then the third point is here at the end of verse 22. And no one will ever take your joy away from you. Jesus says that when I rise, when I return, when I am resurrected, that you are going to have a joy that can never be taken away from you. No one can take it. It's yours to hold on to forever. Now, that's really important because the disciples are about to undergo incredible grief because Jesus is going to die. So if grief is about to come through his death, their everlasting joy implies that Jesus is never going to die again. He's alive forevermore. That's what's coming. Jesus is going to be resurrected. He's going to live again, and he's going to live forever. He's alive today. He died 2,000 years ago, and he's still alive. Right now, Colossians and Hebrews tell us that Jesus is currently sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's living. He's active. He's alive. He's not like any other man who died and stays dead. He's not even like Lazarus, who died, was raised, and then died again. Jesus died, was resurrected to live forevermore. Never to die again, but to continually be our living Savior. I just want you to contemplate and meditate on that fact. 
Jesus is alive right now. He's, he's sitting in heaven right now. He has defeated death. He is alive. And if I can just ask you to do one thing, it's what Jesus is telling his disciples that they're going to do, and that is to rejoice in that fact. Rejoice in that truth. Rejoice in the fact that Jesus is eternally alive. He's eternally alive, never to die again, but always to live and intercede for us. These are incredible, incredible truths. Incredible reminders, incredible facts, incredible reasons that we should have joy because our Savior is alive. Because of the sting of death, because of the defeat of death, and because of his eternal life, we have joy. Again, it's summarized in verse 22. He's looking at his disciples and he's saying, you're going to have grief. I'm going to endure the sting of death. But I will see you again and your heart will rejoice as death is defeated and I rise and no one will take your joy away from you because you serve a living Savior.